Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and welcome to our live Astros Rangers game two post game show. Robert with Stephen Kerr, 70 years of sports shows in between the two of us, lifelong Astros fans. So we're living and dying with this as you guys are. And Stephen, the Astros couldn't steal a home win. So now you got to do the same thing that you did in Arlington a month ago. You got to go in there and crush them for three games. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, Robert, because the Astros are 7-19 and in their last 26 games at Minute Maid Park. How does that happen? How does that happen that a team plays so poorly at home all season long? And, you know, and, and even when you when you get home field advantage in the postseason that you can't take advantage of it. I, I just I'm scratching my head, Robert. Yeah, I know they're a great road team and they're down 2-0 and they have the next three at Arlington. And maybe that's what it <laughs> maybe that's what it takes for them to come back in this series. But how sad is that that you cannot play your best baseball in front of your home fans. It was another sellout today. Remember yesterday you were asking, you know, how many people are going to show up on Monday, a weekday afternoon game? Well, there were seven more people today than there were in game one. So there's your answer. You had the crowd, but you didn't come through. I blame the fans. You guys are not doing your part. Hey, if you disagree with me, let me know. I want to hear from you. I'm going to rile you up this this uh, post-game show. Come on, people. Uh, I can't even blame the fans anymore. I, I can't even blame the fans anymore at this point. Yeah, they're 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 playing a part in it. But come on, you got to do your part too. When you have chance after chance after chance, and you don't take it, you you don't deserve to win the series. The Rangers deserve to win the series. Yeah, I just say it's the karma of you doing the wave all year. Stop doing the wave. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah, well, the wave is, is older than you and I. Our age is put together, Robert. It, it's time to. Yeah, it's time to put a stop to that. It was cool for a second. It was cool, like for that second that parachute pants were cool back in the 80s or something. But it's, yeah, it's it's way past its due. And, you know, the Astros, this is a stat for you, Stephen. They have 16 postseason starts of fewer than three innings in franchise history by Astros starters. Fromber now has four of the 16 starts. Yeah, that's a fourth of your 16 starts right there. And that that's from a guy that is supposed to be your number two starter or number one, your ace. If, if Justin Verlander isn't here, I mean, yeah, you know, Frommer has, has been up and down through his whole career, Robert, but we really thought he was making some inroads and he certainly, you know, has, but he's clearly lost his mojo in the postseason lately. Yeah. I'm going to get into my issues with Frommer in just a second. But this is interesting, Stephen, because Frombert chose not to sign that extension. And now he's struggling a little bit. And it's not been a couple of starts. It's been a half a season. And maybe he's lost his mojo a little bit. Would you take that chance of not signing that extension when you've got a shot? Maybe now his, his value starts going down if he doesn't get it together by next year. Well, it worked for Aaron Judge, <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah. What's, the, what, what's the term we're using now? We're betting on ourselves. I, I don't know that Fromber has quite put himself in a position to do that, despite his success in the past. I mean, you look at, and I mentioned this the other day, Robert, and I think it bears mentioning again, 
since the All-Star break, especially at home, his ERA is over six and a half. I mean, that's, you know, again, it, it comes to the poor play at home for the whole team, but Fromber is contributing to that. He's not pitching well at home either. And even on the road, he, he just isn't pitching well, period, especially since the All-Star break, but even a little bit before that. So, yeah, it's interesting. You, you bet on yourself. and Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and I don't know. Right now, Frommer's losing that battle. All right, let's let's start with the first, what happened in the first inning because really the key inning of the game for the pitching staff, well, Fromber, but the rest of the guys actually did a great job, but we'll get to them. But back-to-back singles off Fromber, one was a seeing eye grounder past Pena. The next was a Texas leaguer. So just bad luck there, just bad luck. And Fromber yeah. does what Fromber does. He panics and his terrible fielding rears its head. And Stephen, that's where Frambler just loses it. And basically the Astros lost it there too. Same spot. Yeah, you know, it, and it was on two pitches, those first two hits, by the way. They were first pitch hits. And you almost knew. It, you just started to dread it, Robert, not just because of the fact the game was getting off to an inauspicious start, but you just said it. I, when things, when bad things happen, Fromber tends to panic, to fold up. And he's not the greatest fielding pitcher in the world to begin with. But then he gets, you know, the, was it Robbie Grossman? who hit that grounder, not only did he bobble the ball, he made a bad throw to first, which scores the first run. He got a double error. He got two errors on that play, by the way. That's how they scored it. Fromber's feeling reminds me of Altuve's base running. But unlike base running, which, Stephen, that's a little bit instincts. You could blame that sometimes on instincts and just bad instincts by Altuve. But feeling can be worked on, practiced. You just do stuff over and over again. And you have to ask yourself, why isn't this a priority for Fromber? Or the Astros? Well, yeah, because, you know, a pitcher can help his own cause in so many ways. I mean, you can't bat anymore. You can't help yourself with a home run or, or a hit. But you can still help yourself with your fielding. And, you know, something like that, especially when you've got runners on base, uh, you just you can't have that. And that scored the first run. And it was just downhill from there. The other thing that I, I have to mention about Fromber, and, and this is not just Fromber, this is the Astros as an organization, a big fail here. The Rangers' game plan was obvious. They showed it against Verlander. They wanted to attack first pitches. So you'd think Fromber and Maldi would have sat there before the game and said, hey, let, let's let's adjust to that. Let's not give them stuff to hit on first pitches. But Fromber was giving them stuff to hit every single time, practically, on those first pitches. Stephen, did you notice that? Yeah, I did notice. And, you know, in game one, they were being aggressive. I mean, that's the thing is if you're if you're aggressive, especially on the first pitch, then, you know, that should tell you something right there. So so what you're saying is Maldi is failing behind the plate. Is that is that why Dusty pulled him early today and had the Yonner bat? He, he wasn't doing it behind the plate. <laughs> I, I, yeah, pretty I, good strategy I, yeah. there, I think. Yeah, I, I'm just pointing that out because if this guy's such a genius and I can see it, dummy me sitting here at home, you know, with my uh, pillow and my bonbons or whatever. I mean, I you you, you got to notice that there at the stadium. I, I just don't get how they could have missed that. And then the next three three innings, you know, there were some solo shots. Jordan, Jonah Heim, Bregman. We'll get back to Jordan in a second. So th- th- there you are. And then the other big spot in this game, besides that first inning, Stephen, the inning that really was the difference in this game, fifth inning, Biggest situation right there. 
you know, it's maybe the biggest situation in the season so far. Brantley and Chaz single. Error puts Pena on to load the bases. So Yonner comes up. Every Astros fan's wet dream. Yonner is up there in a big situation, pitch hitting for (laughs) Maldonado. But he strikes out after chasing a breaking pitch way out of the strike zone. Altuve K's. And then Bregman hits a weak grounder. And frankly, I just thought, game over, maybe Astro season over right there. I was just going to say, Robert, if the Astros go on to lose this series, I think that's your turning point right there. Yeah, I know in game one you had the bases loaded in the fourth inning, but I believe that was with two outs. This was the bases loaded, nobody out. You had a chance to tie or even take the lead in this game. It was 5-3 to three at that point. That's when you need to come through. And they did not. So if the Astros lose the series, I think you can point to that as the point, at least for now. I mean, there's still, you know, at least a couple more games to go. But that that just really hurts, Robert. And here's the other concern I have. When you come into the game with 80% of your run production via the homer, you, you've got to start manufacturing more runs. I mean, three of the Astros' four runs today were by the long ball. You you can't keep relying on the long ball to get you through. You've got to start manufacturing runs, and that's coming through when you have runners in scoring position. I think they were 0 for, 5, 0 for 6 today. So that that's just it in a nutshell. You don't come through when the bases are loaded and nobody out because you can't manufacture runs. Well below 200, I believe, now in uh, runners in scoring position situations in the postseason. So they just haven't done it in the postseason like they were doing in the regular season. I think they were 270 with runners in scoring position in the regular yeah. season. And, and you know, yeah. Stephen, it's not that you expect the team to continue to be 270 because you're, you're getting much better pitching when you get into the postseason. Oh, yeah. yeah. But still, not under not 200. 190. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not the Mendoza line. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely not supposed to happen. And And one of the big keys, and I'm sure you're going to get to this, but you've got two of your big guys at the top of your lineup who aren't hitting. And I'm talking about Altuve and Tucker. That's a big thing right there. If those two guys heat it up, then you'd get some of those manufactured runs, not just by the long ball, but some key hits and key situations. Yeah, I want to get to those two guys in a second. But just responding to what Brian says, he goes, is it time for the Astros to pull in Atlanta and build a new stadium? We can't win in this stadium anymore. Steven, you got to build a new one. <laughs> hey, I like that, Brian. But guess who's going to be paying for it? I don't live in Houston, so I don't pay taxes. But if you do, then you will. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. But, yeah, that's that's not a bad idea to at least think about. Yeah, it was a perfectly good stadium when we won a championship last year. And, that's right. That's uh, right. That, 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 that was fine. Don Brister says Bruce Bochy owns Dusty in the playoffs historically, Stephen. Bruce well, Bochy true. owns a lot of people in the playoffs, by the way. I just want to mention yeah. that. He's actually a, a really, you know, legendary coach now in the postseason. Just an, unbelievable what this guy does. Well, it certainly is. And he's won more World Series than Dusty, too. He's won, what, three with the Giants, I think? And Dusty's only got one. So, yeah, he's definitely out managing Dusty in this series. And they, they've only faced each other, I think, a few times. When Dusty was with the Reds, I think they faced each other in the playoffs. That's about the only time that that may have happened. But, yeah, you're, you're right. Certainly so far, you have to say you're right. Any gripes with the way Dusty's managed this series? There's nothing major that I can think no. of. No, I, I wouldn't say that. When I say outmanaged, I, I think it's just that – Bochi is just making the right calls and the right decisions, but I don't think you can pin this on Dusty. 
I think you just pin this on the team not coming through offensively, and then you've got one of your top two pitchers that's just falling to pieces in the postseason. But, yeah, the biggest thing, I think, is the offense just not hitting. Now, I don't think, you know, Dusty isn't making any decisions that I would say, oh, we've lost the series or we've lost these games and we may lose the series because of it. Sixth inning, Jordan walks, Brantley doubles him in, second hit of the game for Brantley. That was a good move. The Brantley move worked out great. But then Chaz strikes out on a bunch of balls below the strike zone to end that rally. And I'm going to come back to that because let's go to the eighth inning. Jordan keeps crushing. It's his second home run of the game. The first home run was on a fat fastball. But the way Jordan just reached down, Stephen, and hit that Mm. slider on the outside corner, it's just superstar stuff. It's just unreal. Well, you know, what came out before the game, Robert, and and Dusty didn't acknowledge this, and this is one issue I think I'd have to say. They were saying, some people were saying in game one that Fromber had a virus of some sort, not Fromber, uh, Alvarez, Jordan, had a virus of some sort, wasn't feeling very well. And when Dusty was asked about it, he said, well, sick? What What is sick? Well, he's feeling better. So was he sick or was he not sick, Dusty? You just said he's feeling better. I guess that means he's sick, but just come out and say it. But he clearly was feeling better in game two because he, he came through with those home runs. But, yeah, it just the, the guy just continues to hit pitches that for most players, for most hitters, are just unhittable. You mentioned earlier Kyle Tucker and his struggles. And they moved Kyle Tucker up to the three spot with Jordan back in the four spot. And, Stephen, I think a lot of fans out there might go, why are you moving Kyle Tucker up? He's struggling. He's not doing anything right now. And actually, he was batting in the fifth spot in game one. I just think he was trying to get Kyle Tucker better pitches to hit with Jordan sitting in front of him. That's that's the only thing I could think of. He was, and I think he was trying to get better protection, you know, because if Tucker was starting to hit, then you've got, you, you've got Alvarez set up. And let me go back to the sixth inning, Robert, when you were talking about it. Tucker gets a strikeout in the dirt. And didn't bother to go, even go to first. He just headed back to the dugout. Now, was that a you know, would that have made a difference in the game? Who knows? But you still run to first base, Kyle. I know you're struggling. You're down on the dumps. But you still run to first base. And when Alvarez comes up in the eighth inning, then, you know, Tucker does get a full count and then strikes out. If he'd gotten on base, who knows what would have happened. That home run happens. It's a brand-new ball game. Kyle Tucker is two for 22. He's hitting 091 in the playoffs. He's got a 200 on base percentage. He's got a 136 slugging and a 336 OPS. Kyle Tucker just flat out hasn't shown up. And he was looking like the best Astro all-around player in the middle of the season. And I was just singing his praises, Stephen. And then I don't know what's happened, but he's just gone on a big old tailspin. Well, it's what Altuve was doing last year in the postseason. I mean, that's that's the way Kyle Tucker looks right now. He just can't hit anything. And it's the worst possible time you can have that happen. But sometimes that just does, Robert. It's baseball. You know, it's not that Tucker is putting out any less effort, well, except for that not running to first base. But overall, you know, the, the more you're in a slump, the more you start pressing. And I think in one of those at-bats, didn't he actually take the batting gloves off so he, he's starting to do anything to try to get something going, even batting barehanded. Yeah, he's a little bit desperate. And 
John Ball brings up the fact that we talked about the team. I don't know if we believe the team is falling. The team just hadn't performed the last two. It's two games. They have performed the last two games. John says JV has been great, hasn't fallen to pieces. Yeah, no, JV's been great both series, but it's not like the Astros have just been terrible. It's just these last two games. They're just not picking each other up, and it's not everybody is terrible. There are guys out there doing their job, Jordan, Bregman, et cetera. So let's let's finish off this eighth inning because this is the last big chance, Stephen, that they had. Abreu and Brantley showed a bunch of patience. And yeah. I, I see on on the timeline here also on the in the comments, Don Brister said Astros had no patience at the plate. Well, Abreu and Brantley showed a ton of patience with a couple of walks. Abreu fought back, took some, you know, borderline pitches, drew the walk. But then Chaz, another bat at bat. And, and that's somebody that had two terrible at bats to end this game. Just really bad at bats because yeah. he, he the, the, the pitcher, Stephen, had just thrown nine straight balls outside of the zone. Chaz chases one on the outside corner, which is a, a pitch you don't swing at when a guy's not throwing strikes. And then he dives after another slider, which ends up in that weak grounder. And, and that really was the Astros' last legit shot. Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't that kind of a, like a, a check swing grounder, if I recall? To oh, uh, it, it was Josh literally, yeah, yeah, it was terrible, and it was almost also like he was trying to pull a pitch that looked like it was gonna be way out. It was, it started outside, I thought. So I don't know why you're trying to pull that. Chaz, who's been historically a really good opposite field hitter, but the other thing is, he just he just dove after that pitch. Uh, you know, swung at swung at a pitch on the outside corner uh, at the knees. So, so why why would you expect the pitcher to do anything else after he's been struggling the last two guys at the plate? Well, the guy that just made the comment though makes a good point. When you're talking about patience at the plate, I think that's what he's going for here. Because yeah, Abreu and Brantley showed the patience, but Leclerc clearly was not finding the strike zone. Make him throw a strike. Make him throw a strike. You know, I don't like to batter to strike out with a bat on their shoulder normally. But when a guy, what, he had five, six straight balls out of the strike zone, make him work for it. And McCormick just gave him a gift by those two swings you just talked about. John uh, says, uh, to clarify, he said that, no, the comment wasn't about that. It was about saying that, I guess you said, Stephen, that our top two pitchers had fallen to pieces. Maybe I missed that. He said JV was great. I, I must have missed if you no, said No, I've, I've Fromber has fallen to pieces. Yeah, uh, just, just Fromber. Now, Ver, Verlander yeah. is pitching. You know, he, he may not be the, the smoothest pitcher in the postseason, but he gets the job done. You you can't blame Verlander for anything that's going on here in this series. He he definitely, you know, he held the, the Rangers to one run in game one. No, it, it's Fromber that I mentioned was falling to pieces. Well, he had two runs in game one, but he had zero in the game against the Twins. So he's got one run on average in his two starts, which is extraordinary. Right. And we would have given anything for this Verlander the last postseason. I, I don't think he was anywhere <laughs> near near as strong the last postseason. Well, when you don't score any runs, you know, in in the first game, then that's what happens. Yeah, you, you, no matter how well you pitch, you're not going to win. The other thing that we got to talk about besides Jose Altuve, and look, Jose Abreu hadn't done much in this series. There's some other guys that haven't done much in this series, but they did stuff in the twin series. The guys that right. haven't performed in either series, that haven't given you anything so far, and now we're six games into the playoffs, Altuve and Tucker. And Altuve is now four for 25. And remember, one of those hits was the first pitch home run in the yeah. twin series in the first game. So in basically, he's three, three for his last 25. 
And he just, he hadn't looked good up there. He hadn't looked comfortable. And Steven, it's one of those times where, you know how Altuve occasionally will lay down a bunt. I, I think this is, he, he, I just was surprised he didn't try to lay down a bunt in this game just to get himself going a little bit and, and also make the pitcher think and make the pitcher move. And these pitchers, they're, they're not having to do much of anything. These starters for the, for the Rangers, it, it seems like we're not making them work in as many ways as we possibly can. Well, that's right. One of the keys to the Astros' success, really, these past seven years, Robert, I mean, you could go back to 2017 and say this, is making those pitchers work and sweat when it's dripping off their face because they are just not swinging at bad pitches. And that's what's happening in this series. And really, you know, you could go back to the fourth inning of game four of the Twins series. You know, the Astros didn't score a run, uh, you know, un until today from that. I mean, you know, even in that last game, the hitting was starting to tail off. But I think that's the big difference in this series is the, the Astros are just not making the pitchers work hard enough. And then when you do get a guy in a situation where Uvalde gets into trouble and you don't capitalize, you don't make him pay. When LeClerc can't throw strikes, you don't make him pay. That's really the difference. And, and that's why some of these guys, whether it's, you know, Altuve, Tucker, McCormick, whomever, that's why they're not hitting. Yeah, the patience thing, I guess the patience matters if you're swinging at balls out of the zone. But when you're the Rangers, you're showing no patience early in games. You're swinging at first pitch, you know, opportunities, and they're just hitting them all over the place. Well, they're not showing patience either, Stephen. But guess what? They're getting hits. <laughs> well, they're getting the pitches to hit. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. But, you know, part of it, too, you go back to Fromber. I mean, the, the home run that he gave up, uh, it, was, it was a cutter that was just awful. It was on a cutter. It was, it was terrible. So he's clearly not getting, and, you know, in his first start in the postseason, his curve wasn't working. So his breaking pitches are definitely not being his friend in this postseason. Yeah, when Fromber is successful, that ball is just zipping and sliding and going all over the place. And I just... I don't know if I see the movement, Stephen, that we're used to when Fromber is at his best. It, it doesn't seem like he's able to get that, make that ball spin as much. And I don't know what's going on, but you know, I, I, I again, I bring this up because I think it is relevant, and I, I'm not an excuse maker, but I just got to remind people: these guys pitched into early November last year and yeah. big time, stressful innings into early November, and Fromber has put on a lot of innings over the last couple of years. It's a lot. It's a lot of innings and a lot of stressful innings. And, and those, those can add up. And maybe he's just starting to run out of gas after doing all that. He's not going to tell you that. None of these Astros guys, you don't ever hear them making any excuse. Well, they make one excuse. They, they didn't like that background in center field. For, yeah, for the batter eye. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they, you typically don't hear these guys making a ton of excuse. I mean, you know, they, I think because of what happened with the whole scandal, in the last few years, the Astros just don't walk around. They, they know they just can't make excuses. They just you know keep their head down and, and do what they do. Well, that's true, Robert, and they should, because let, let's be honest. I, I think the biggest reason the Astros are down two games to none, all in all, I mean, we can talk about blown chances and poor pitching performances by Fromber or what have you. The Rangers are just clearly playing better baseball this entire postseason. I mean, they haven't lost a game yet. You know, they, they beat – two of the top five teams in the playoffs after being a wild card team. And, you know, you, you go back to Uv Uvalde, 
the Astros have you know been kind of hot and cold against them. They hit him pretty well off and on, but in this postseason, no walks or home runs in his first two postseason starts. Eight Ks against Tampa Bay, seven against Baltimore, twelve whiffs on his splitter over those two games. I mean, he's pitching lights out. Montgomery's pitching lights out. Their bullpen is supposed to be terrible. Well, they're pitching lights out for the most part. I mean, they they gave a little bit in game two, sure. The Rangers are just playing better, all in all. And that's really all I think you can sum it up to. They've trailed in one inning of their 63 postseason innings so far. Just extraordinary stuff. And Albert's got a question for us, and I'll let you take this one, Stephen. He said, would you have pinch hit Mauricio Dubon for Chaz McCormick in the eighth inning right there with a couple of guys on? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I think you, you certainly could have, and then you could have put him in center field and let McCormick sit. Yeah, that, that is actually not a bad idea. I mean, Dubon can, is at least a good contact hitter. He could do something, and you just never know what would happen. So, yeah, that, that would have been a possibility. And Dusty had him available, but for whatever reason, chose to stick with McCormick. Isn't that ironic, Robert? After all, you know, the last two seasons, how many times we've talked about how Dusty just has this thing against McCormick? Well, apparently not now, because first of all, you don't have Jake Myers on the roster, so you kind of have to play him more, at least except in certain situations, like when uh, Justin Verlander's pitching. But no, he chose to stay with McCormick in this situation. A couple of things. Mauricio Dubon, I mean, he's had some big hits this year, but Chas McCormick has had big hits the last two years. And he had big hits in the postseason last year. Jasmine Cormick has historically had some really huge hits for the Astros. So for me personally. And he's been great defensively too. You know, you, I mean, look at some of the catches he's made in center field over the last two postseasons, especially last year. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying they should have, but it is certainly something you could have considered the way he was hitting in this particular game. Yeah, and, and Dubon's better defensively. I'm not going to debate that although McCormick made a really good diving catch moving in same thing Mauricio Dubon did in the first game but still uh I'm just talking about Mauricio Mauricio Dubon yeah he's had some big moments this year but Chaz has had some big moments for two years and Chaz played a ton in the postseason last year and Mauricio Dubon did not play at all last year in the postseason really right so when you look at that I don't think that's such a gimme thing and I I don't know if I would do because McCormick it's not like he's – if you look at his numbers in the postseason, it's not like he's been bad. I mean, he's not been – this isn't Kyle Tucker and Jose Altuve. Mauricio Dubon has been fine. I mean, he's uh, three for eight, uh, so nothing, nothing wrong with Dubon. But Chaz McCormick hasn't been shabby. He's six for 19 in the postseason. Yeah. He's hitting 316. He's got a 632 OPS in the postseason. So, you know, it's it's not terrible. He struck out five times – uh, so contact wise, uh, not so good, but you know, one of those was, um, one of those was in the game tonight, which I just thought was a bad at bat for him. Yeah. Sometimes you're, you're, sometimes you face a pitcher that, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't match up well. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. I don't know. I, I you'd have to tell me like, you know, maybe what's the evidence that Dubon should have pinched it there. Like what, what were these two pit, this pitcher, how do you match up against those two guys? You know what? What? What he was good. What he was good at that pitcher against. You know McCormick versus Dubon. So that's part of it too. Yeah. Well, if you had told me at this time last year that Mauricio Dubon 
would have been a viable option to do anything except maybe a defensive replacement in the late innings. I would have laughed, but, you know, he certainly has earned that this year. But, you know, yeah, McCormick certainly has not had a dismal postseason, and he, he did really well in the twin series, as you mentioned. You know, this particular game, really this particular series hasn't happened for him, but that can turn around in a heartbeat. And he's been, you know, he's been one of those guys, Robert, that even if he gets in a little bit of a funk, he seems to pull himself out of it pretty quick. So I don't think at this point you want to pull him. You know, you want to keep playing him. I certainly would like to see more of Brantley, though. I just think with, you know, getting that jump start with the offense, having a consistent bat like Uncle Mike in the lineup really needs to happen. So Joe wants to know, down 0-2 heading to Arlington for three straight, do you give Houston a chance to win this series? Yeah, I still give them a chance. I mean, look, they they do so well on the road. I I just, I I think if you get down 3-0, then we might have to have a different conversation. I'm not sure that even the Astros can can come through in that situation. But yeah, you're down 2-0. It's still a series. Yeah, I know the statistic. 84% of the teams that go up 2-0 end up winning the series. I get it. But guess what? There's a 16% chance the Astros can come back and win these next three games and then go home and at least win one of the next two. I mean, that's the thing. You can lose at home, Robert, but you still have a chance to win one of those two if you win the next three in Arlington. Now, is it a tough order to fill? Sure it is. But if anybody can do it, if this, if, if a team could do it, it is this Astros team. We've got to think that way. Otherwise, we might as well just say the series is over. So the answer to your question, Joe, is yes. I, I think they can do it, but they can't get down 3-0. Yeah, if you win the next game, you just got to look at it as, okay, we get the next one. And after that happens, well, then all you got to do is split two in te- Texas and are up there in Arlington. And then you're back down here with the chance to win the last two games at home. Now, yeah, and you, the problem yeah, and you is you, you, can't, you can't win at home, but <laughs> you yeah, deal with that. Right. But still, it, it, you know, most teams would take that. Most teams would go, okay, we get, the, we, we get it back to our home turf. That's why we get home home field advantage. So, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, look, it's, how can you doubt the Astros? It's been seven years of this stuff. How can you doubt the Astros yeah. at this point? No, you you can't. And and let's consider something else. You know, we're pretty sure that Jose Arquiti is probably going to start game three. And it's my no. understanding that. No, 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 no. Javier. 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 I'm sorry. Javier. I'm, I'm thinking game four. You're right. Javier can start game three. If he can be Christian Javier, of the previous postseason game, then you've got a shot. And it's my understanding that Max Scherzer may be pitching game three. Certainly, you know he's going to pitch at some point. And you've got an unknown factor, whenever that case is, whether it's game three, game four, you've got that unknown factor. If you can hit off of him, then, yeah, you've got a chance to get back in this series really quick. I mean, the next three pitchers, let's look at who, they, who they're pitching. Christian Javier, who's been incredible Incredible in the postseason. I mean, the numbers are just unbelievable. He's he's your next pit starting pitcher. Then you have Jose Arquiti, who just came up with the game clincher against Minnesota and who has also been very, very good for the Astros in postseason situations, including in, in World Series situations. And then this Justin Verlander guy, I hear he's good. People are telling me he's good. I don't know. But Justin Verlander, uh, look at his resume. I, I think he... I think he'll know what to do. And so you have three pitchers, starting pitchers that should all be able to put you in the game. And let's remind everybody, Stephen, 
the bullpen in this series for the Astros has been fantastic. I mean, as they yeah. as they seem to have been fantastic for now two straight postseasons, they're just amazing. And look, Dusty Baker, everybody wants to you know this. They've got these little pet peeves with Dusty, and they're mad at this and they're mad at that and whatever. Dusty Baker is one of the best bullpen managers in baseball history. Oh, absolutely. And let let's uh, let's reemphasize that a little bit because it's something we haven't talked about. Let's not forget that he put JP France in after Montero, who, you know, we, we were talking about him the first couple months of the season. He was dreadful. Well, he's been money in the postseason, but JP France hasn't pitched, I think, what, since September 23rd? I mean, it's, it's at least three weeks. He hasn't even pitched. He's fresh, but he comes in, gets the job done, as well as the rest of the bullpen. So that's a pretty good move by Dusty there, too, to eat up some innings so that you don't use that bullpen fully to try to come back in game two and you have them spent, you know, you do have an off day, but still, J.P. France gave you some valuable innings in game two that you might not have gotten if you hadn't put him in there. Derek Jeter, if you want to put an emphasis on the point that this series is not over, Derek Jeter says, hey, look, this team in Houston is great on the road. And just because they're down two games, it's not over. Everyone in this Texas Rangers clubhouse knows this series is not over. Well, we got to think that way if you're an Astros fan. I mean, that, that's the only way to keep it alive. You've got a day to kind of rest up, get to, you know, you don't have to travel very far. So that's a good thing. But anything can happen in the postseason, as we've been seeing. But the Astros definitely, you know, time is running out. Let's be honest. They got to start playing better now. And they've got to jump out just like they did on the road in the Twin Series. Get the fans out of it. Get off to a great start. Let the pitching do its thing. And you can get back in the series. Any final thoughts, Stephen? I think we've covered most everything. Anybody out there have a final comment? Let us know. Uh, we are going to have more of these post-game shows. So we at least have two more, Stephen. We've at least got two more. We know that. <laughs> doing the yeah. math, doing the quick math on this. We certainly do. Um, what is it about playing Dallas and, and losing to Dallas? What What is it about this thing that – just seems to keep biting Houston in the butt. We we can't, you can't let the Astros lose this series. You certainly can't let them sweep you. I don't even want to think about that, Robert. Don't even want to think about it. Let's just get that game three win and go from there. Just a reminder, last time the Rockets faced the Mavericks in the playoffs, they beat them. Hakeem Olajuwon would remind us all. Did you yeah. guys see what I did with David Robinson and the Spurs? <laughs> uh, San Antonio. So yeah. these in-state guys, they don't always beat us. But, yeah, no, the Mavericks, we, we beat the last time uh, as far as that goes. The, the, the Cowboys, hey, Stephen, remember what happened the first time the Texans played a football game? Uh, they they, they did. beat those Cowboys. Yeah, they did. They did. It wasn't in a playoff game. I'm talking about more of the playoff games, but you're right, the, the Rockets-Mavericks thing. But you can't point to much else, but it, it's time to turn the tide. All right. Uh, if uh, you guys have not checked it out, we also did a Texans postgame show on Sunday, me and Sean Bajani. Sean Bajani, if you don't know, if you're not a regular with us, Sports Radio 610. Sean Bajani has been with Sports Radio 610 for 15 years. He's out there covering the Texans all the time. And he does the show with me on a regular basis. And we always do Texans postgame shows as well as cover the Texans during the week. So go check out our postgame show. And you know what? It's a lot happier. They won the game on Sunday, Stephen. 
Isn't that ironic that you're, we're talking, we're more excited about what the Texans are doing than, than the Astros, <laughs> or at least we're at least talking about more positive things with the Texans than the Astros. When was the last time that happened? Been a yeah, while. There's, yeah, it's uh, Texans uh, having a better week than the Astros, and it's been a while since we said that. But uh, hey, everybody, have a next good next couple of days. Come back, join us again. We are hoping that it'll be a happier occasion yeah. on Wednesday. But if you don't know, uh, Wednesday is a night game, right, Stephen? It's a night game. Seven yeah, it's seven, just uh, seven o'clock central. In fact, the next two, the next two games are if there's a game five on Friday, it's an afternoon game. I want to say it's four o'clock. Yeah, but the, the the next two, the the three and four are are night games. So just uh, put that into your calendar and come back with us after the game. And if if it's a crappy game, we won't go super long. But if it's a great game, we're we're definitely with you for a while. And uh, we're gonna wish everybody well. And we'll see you again soon. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.